sitting in front of this camera, I was um, I was talking with my with my wife Christine about a book that she was reading, and in the book the author made this observation or a claim of we wake up in the morning and the first thing we say is I didn't get enough sleep and our last words at night are I didn't get enough done and the author reflected on that by saying that we start the day with a sense of lack and we end the day with a sense of lack and between those two points we get stressed out trying to do a whole lot of stuff so that we don't end up at that same point every day and when we think about the next day and the day after that we get anxious I thought about that and I thought actually I'm guilty of that I wake up some mornings and I go I didn't get enough sleep and I end the day I didn't get enough done and I thought of some conversations that I've had with friends and colleagues and neighbours same thing and I thought of what's it like being in a room with a person who is stressed or anxious kind of not very nice and this, this book wasn't even a Christian book, um, certainly wasn't a Bible, so I thought, what would the Bible have to say about that? What would God have to say about that? What would be a kind of a prayer that would please the heart of Jesus, uh, that we could pray to Jesus about that sense of lack in our lives? So, that morning I'm driving to work and I put on a podcast, The um, Abiding Way Lectio Divina, on Psalm 90, verses 12 to 17 and I came across these words of scripture and I thought oh my goodness there is the morning prayer there is the evening prayer speaking into this very situation that Christine talked about in the book I thought wow and so I pulled over at Motokarara and uh, listened and reflected on this beautiful psalm of Moses the only one psalm that he wrote is recorded in scriptures and I could see in it a beautiful morning prayer a beautiful evening prayer so I want to read it to you now see if you can pick it here's what I heard oh the psalm by the way begins with who God is with these wonderful words verse 1 Lord you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations before the mountains were born we brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. And so there we have the very the nature and character of God. And then verse 3 goes, Then to us you turn men back to dust. And it speaks of us uh, people as being like new grass in the morning that springs up and is dry and is withered. And how we, we may last 70 years, we may go to 80 if we're um, strong, but that's about it, really. We are not like God. We are not from eternity to eternity by nature. And then these beautiful words, the, the, the hinge point of the whole psalm. Teach us to number our days aright, 
that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Kind of like God is a maths teacher in a sense. Someone that wants to teach us the number of our days and what to do on them. Verse 13. Rolento, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we've seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendour to their children. May the favour of the Lord our God rest upon us, establish the work of our hands, yes, establish the work of our hands. What's it like for you? What are the first words that you speak or you hear in your thoughts when you first wake up? Imagine if you woke up tomorrow morning satisfied and you went, like fully satisfied. You went, oh, what is that? You go, I know what it is. I am filled with the love of God. And I'm glad. I feel I feel glad. And then you had a knowing, knowing that the next day and the next day and the next day after that, you knew that you were going to be glad. And you thought, why is that? And God revealed to you it's because of his unfailing love, the same gladness of heart that you have this morning. You are going to have tomorrow and the day after. And imagine out of that knowing, you felt bubbling up within your soul, joy, and a song coming out. So when you're making the porridge later on, or getting into your car, whatever, just there's a song of your heart that's coming out. Now that is a beautiful biblical prayer. And that prayer is in the context of a prayer of Moses in the wilderness, the time of great suffering as well as a great time of providence of God. A beautiful morning prayer that we can pray. What's the, what's the last thing that you say to yourself at night? I didn't get everything done. Maybe you've had that. Imagine going to bed at night and you get into bed and you can feel the sheets and the duvet, the blankets, whatever, touching your skin and at the same time you can feel the favour of God touching your soul and you ask yourself what is that? and then by the revelation nature of God you realise that what this favour is is that as you look back over the day to the one, two, three, four deeds that you did during that day, however many, those deeds that you and I did were wrapped up in the deeds of God, the from eternity to eternity, touching and mingling with the blade of grass, our limited humanity. So that the works that we do did during that day have an endurance to them, an eternal endurance. And there's rest in that, of knowing that 
the things that we get involved in count for something. Imagine finding that kind of a rest at the end of the day. When I heard those words of scripture, I stopped the car, just motor car, as I said, and I thought of a friend, and I rang him up right then, I said, hey, um, I just heard these words of Psalm 90. Can I pray a prayer of blessing on you right now? Because I know he talked to me about how hard it is for you to find sleep at night, and how you keep working harder and harder, but always at the end of the day, you have that sense of, not having done enough. So I prayed a prayer of blessing, and he was very grateful, and it just felt good. So let me do that now, and then I'll open it up to the ladies. Dear Father in heaven, we live in troubled times. You know this. Just in similar ways as Moses lived in troubled times in that season of the wilderness, those 40 years. I ask you in the strong name of Jesus that you would bless us with a deep satisfaction in you. That that satisfaction would be born out of an unfailing love of yours abiding with us. that we would be glad and we would know that tomorrow we will be glad as well and that a joy would well up within our hearts and while we may not be good singers there would be something of a song of joy that will bubble up in our lives tomorrow morning I pray and that tomorrow night and in the days following when we go to bed and rest our souls would find a rest in you your favour upon our lives, knowing that all the things that we got up to during the day were taught by you, were numbered aright, that had an enduring nature to them, because our deeds were wrapped up in your deeds. I ask this, Lord, in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Kia folks, backing it now with uh, Rod from Opawa Baptist, um, Andrew from Oxbaterus Baptist, and Colin from Parklands Baptist. So I'll open it up to the team. Uh, reflections, Rod. I, a wise person said to me um, a little while ago that many of us suffer uh, anxiety last thing at night and first thing in the morning. And the last thing at night is, what have I really done today? And does it feel like enough? And in the morning, it's, uh, did I get enough sleep? Oh. <laughs> and as I reflected on that, I reflected on a sort of thing I learned somewhere along the way, which was to argue with those sorts of feelings, to say, if I was feeling... I haven't done enough today, then I'd think, well, actually, what have I done today? I've done um, half a sermon, and I've visited these two people, and I swept the church and polished the kitchen bench, and I rung the 
Simon, Sydney and Walk the Dog, and actually if you can put a couple of bullet points down, suddenly it feels a bit different. Actually the day did have content, and for me that anxiety dissipates. And I found that a helpful way to do it. I, I argue with my inner critical voice. Mm. Mate of mine in our home group asks himself, <clears throat> and his wife does the same thing, they say, where did we see God today? I mean, that's a beautiful discipline. Yeah, that kind of thing. Thanks, Rob. Mm. Yeah. So uh, I've got a question which maybe you could uh, respond to because I think that sleep is, uh, these days is infected quite a lot by technology. In fact, I, I heard recently that Netflix no longer consider other streaming services to be the competition, but sleep itself. And so they're competing with our sleep and trying to re reduce our sleep so that they can uh, generate more re revenue for themselves. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the impact of, of technology on our sleep and and what we as Christians should do about that. I saw a great joke um, during the last lockdown. It said, uh, I've watched all of Netflix. What do I do now? Uh, it's quite funny. Uh, as a Netflix guy, what do I do personally? Because I love to go down rabbit holes with hand loading and other things. That's real rabbit holes. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like before they get to the rabbit hole. Is, um, I exercise a personal discipline where I don't take my cell phone to bed at night because otherwise I'm going checking up on the latest thing. Um, I'm all good to like listen to titles, streaming for music, make a real thing of that during the daytime. But at night, I put the cell phone, leave it in uh, the living room. So it's a personal response and um, different for everybody, I guess. Yeah. They do talk about too that it's a good discipline not to look at a screen within an hour of trying to go to sleep. That there's something different about picking up um, a traditional old-fashioned hard copy book. <laughs> and you dive into that what for a moment. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll share one with you, bro. <laughs> I'll play the vinyl for you. <laughs> When the Luddites are done, <laughs> I'm, I'm a geek, um, and you're a Mark's friends. I, I use screens a lot. Um, they give and they take. Um, I think for me, there's a difference between using something to consume something, passively consuming, um, and actually being present with yourself and with God. Mm. And, and, and for me, that's not a given. It's not easy. Mm. Um, so I, for me, I've been ex uh, playing with um, stillness, sitting, trying to be aware how much God loves me. Mm. Um, and you know, they uh, they say we're ninety eight percent water, which means we're basically cucumbers with anxiety. Um, <laughs> I have a level of anxiety, but I'm finding the love of God is important. Absolutely. Mm. What about you? You asked the question. Yeah, it's. I think it's a tricky one for uh, for our generation, or I should say my generation, because you guys are a little bit 
That's my generation. More mature is the word you're looking for, myself. Yes, yeah. Our screens are, screens are all we've known, and, and, and I said this in a sermon a couple of weeks ago that, that I've been raised on screens and um, been advertised to multiple times a day for every day of my life. And so, uh, something of I guess I've just gotten used to, but it does impact my sleep, and I'm aware of that, and I know that my my habits have to change. But perhaps uh, listening to you, Kim, has given me more pause and 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 perhaps something else to replace that with. Yeah, Christine every night gets out a daily office. It's a it's a reading thing and a reflection and a scripture prayer thing. And because I'm useless, I'm, I'm gone by the end of the night. She reads it out to the two of us, and I listen to that. And it's just a beautiful way to finish the day in that kind of a way. Yeah. Cheers. Mm. So I was going to uh, have a question, but I'll just make a comment. I think in the age that we live on, live in, that has so much available, we have difficulty making limits. Mm. Um, and yet limits are part of what allow us to live in a time and place and while I can't tell you how to do it for you I think that's a challenge that sits closer to us than that has sat, sat before so may the God of limits be with us all mm. and with you also <laughs> <laughs> I've got one party thought column flowing from your story about limits I heard this um, story about this Presbyterian minister, and he was climbing the steps up to the um, sort of, you know, quite exalted place where Presbyterian ministers do their preaching from. And on the way up, um, been quite a hard week, he met the Lord, and the Lord said to him, "Is this sermon that you're going to deliver good enough for my people, my son?" And the minister thought about the week that had been, and it had been a busy and intense week. There had been a funeral, there had been a baptism, there had been quite a bit of pastoral visiting, there had been all sorts of things going on. And probably he hadn't spent as much time on the sermon as he would like to. But he thought about the week in its totality, and he looked up at Jesus and he said, Yes, Lord, I have. And I think for me, it's that coming to an acceptance that I do what I do with, with, with what I have, including the time, and that's enough. <laughs>